0: Hey, it's Jim Paff again, and this is the Against Nice podcast where we believe that nice people are evil because they want to run your lives. We promote culture and government that values voluntary decisions left up to you. This is a way to promote justice and kindness that thinks about the needs of others before ourselves. Go to our website, politicsisntnice.com and join our email list. The button's right there at the top right. politicsisntnice.com Got a special treat for you today. My friend Charlie Gasparino is going to be on the podcast. Uh, Charlie's been a friend for many years. One of the uh, great reporters in uh, the country. He's on Fox Business. You see him there regularly, particularly on Neil Cavuto's program and, and others too, as well as Liz Clayman's in the afternoon charlie's got great insights on what's going on in finance and in politics and we have a really good discussion ranging in that area so let's uh, get ready for our podcast with charlie gasparino welcome everybody uh, got my friend charlie gasparino on the phone uh i appreciate you coming on today this is like a real reporter you know there aren't many of those left anymore we talk about that quite a bit i think uh Fox, actually, I'm going to say, I'm going to be critical. And Charlie, you may or may not agree with me. You may not be able to say anything. But Fox News doesn't always have great reporters. There are a good team of reporters, but there's so much opinion. Sometimes we lose the opportunity just to get the hard facts. And you always do that. Am I missing something here?
1: Well, yeah, I think you are. I mean, I think there's some... I think the, the... the controversy of opinion, as the controversy of opinion on the editorial pages of the New York Times, uh, at the Wall Street Journal, often overshadows, you know, the the, the guys that do the grunt work and do the, the you know, just get out there and, and do the facts. And, you know, I can go down the line on how many really good people we have that do that, that break stories, that are doing amazing work through the coronavirus, uh, through the pandemic. Uh, and I don't want to mention one without mentioning the other and, you know, because I will forget a few, but yeah. they're all out there. And, and, you know, they don't they it's interesting. They they relish just telling the facts. And I think Fox uh, does not get the credit it has for the really good straight news reporting it, it, it has. And, uh, yeah, like I said, you know, you know, we, we have big personalities. I mean, Sean Hannity and Tucker and Laura Ingram, they're all great you know, political personalities and they sometimes overshadow the work we do. Uh, I'm not taking anything away from them. They're amazing on TV and they're really smart people. And, and they, but, but, you know, it's the same thing with, I, I see this all the time. I mean, you know, where does most of the controversy from the New York times come? Well, it's not most, but often it's from the editorial page. You know what I'm saying? You, you get that at the journal as well. I mean, you know, the, these are, you know, and when you're an editorial writer, You and because I do some of that on the side, I I do that for the Post, New York Post, Um, you're paid to be provocative when you are a news reporter. You are paid to just kind of tell it pretty straight. And uh, that's and that's the difference. That's why it's somewhat it's it's just part of the it's the DNA of the job. I mean, and it's 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 uh, doesn't make their job, our job any less fulfilling, uh, you know, because we kind of like what we do.
0: Yeah, it is interesting what you say about the New York Times. I mean about 10% of the news reporting is this really hard uh, focused, opinionated, especially on the big stories, but the day-to-day stuff and and the stuff behind the front fold or the front uh, bunch of the page there is you know a lot of interesting and good stuff.
1: Yeah, straight. I mean, they do they do a great job. And, you know, some great reporters there. I happen to think Maggie Haberman's a really good reporter. Um, You know, uh, I say that for no other reason, but I just I know her a little bit, but I read her stuff and it's really good. And it's mostly pretty straight. And it's and as much as the president likes to complain about it, it, she gets it right. Generally, you know what I'm saying? I like like not generally, She gets it right. And we all sort of make mistakes along the way. We're a victim of our sources. By the way, anonymous sources are a, you know, we're going to go there. They're a must in journalism. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. Donald Trump was an anonymous source for years. I spoke with him on background basis a lot. He understands clearly. I mean, he used to call people up with a a suit in it. John Bannon. What was the name? John Bannon.
0: I can't remember, but not fake news. Let's put it that way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, Donald knows that. Part of his shtick as someone I and has known him and I and I like him, you know, I know him personally, uh, is this whole, you know, thing where, you know, he he now has to, you know, create enemies. It's all political and you know, some of it is warranted. I mean a lot of people in the press absolutely hate him. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I don't Maggie Haberman in that category, as a matter of fact. I think she kinda she she treats him like she would treat anybody else. But uh, a lot of reporters despise him more than they despise him more than they should, you know, (laughs) based on his record and what he's done and and the type of person he is.
0: Yeah. You know, that's what's interesting. I, I, I'm personally supportive of the Trump presidency. I get these times when I just want to kick myself and other times where I'm cheering and really ready to go. And I um and I take a very libert as you know, I take a very libertarian kind of stance, and libertarian minded people really hate Donald Trump, or many of them, not all Justin Amash, a friend of mine being uh, a key among them maybe at the present. But um, you know, you can't look back at the record and get too upset if you I mean the guy Yeah, Uh, Yeah. listen,
1: look at look at what he did in the face to this crisis from an economic standpoint. It'll just be uh, he did the opposite of what Herbert Hoover did when he was faced with uh, an economic shock. Back then it was the twenty nine crash. I mean, you know, the the whole government was 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 restrictive. It was higher interest rates. It was higher taxes. It was tariffs. Um, It was all these things that that sort of curtailed the flow of capital. Trump and and the administration right now is doing just the opposite. They, thank God, he's he's resisted a trade war and more tariffs with China. He knows now is not the time to go there. He has yeah. cut taxes. Obviously, he's um, he's given a lot of temporary relief. Uh, we have very low interest rates for you know for obvious reasons. He, he doesn't directly control the Fed, but he has jawboned the Fed into doing that. Uh, the tr- chairman pa- Powell. So, you know, there, that's the good part. The the bad part, I think, is when he sort of veers in. you know, he sees his presidency in deep trouble right now when a guy like Donald Trump, if you know him you know, he's, uh, he, he there's no filter, it's like what's in his head comes out of his mouth almost immediately he's, he is worried that he's going to lose that this thing just got plucked away from him he was going to do pretty good the economy was strong and then also in this hit and uh, he had some major missteps, no doubt and he continues to sort of Say things that 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 is putting his presidency in very deep danger, and uh, I'm not saying he's going to lose. Um, the the the, uh, the competition isn't exactly first rate this year. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, right.
1: I, I'm telling you, you know, it, it, he could lose to a guy that is hiding in his basement right now, for the simple reason is that he he commits a lot of self inflicted wounds, and if you know Donald Trump, that's that's him. You know, there's a there's a rash irrationally rash part about him. It always was when he was a real estate developer, when he was a a commentator, when when he was, excuse me, uh, uh, a real estate developer and businessman and uh, I guess celebrity uh, um, uh, TV host, uh, you know, reality star. It was always an irrational rashness about him and it it pushes him in bad directions. Uh, And I think um, that, you know, his comments about you know, shooting up detergents, you know, musing about that. I mean, that's kind of not the time even to be sarcastic or to at least let everybody know you're sarcastic when you do it.
0: Well, notice the shift. Notice all the shift uh, in DC right now. So he's back to uh, having regular press conferences with his press secretary, uh, the um, updates are l- less frequent. And uh, and sometimes of a different nature. You are seeing him restrain himself. I think I think you're right. I mean, I think he notices all this and they're making the adjustments.
1: Yeah, and they have to because he can really he could lose to a guy that's in his basement right now. And and I think, you know, Americans, as much as they want to, you know, even his I mean, one of the problems that Trump is having right now is suburban women, particularly suburban white women. And he, he better hope that that suburban white woman vote that's moving against him, which it is, is concentrated in California and New York and places that he's going to mm-hmm. lose anyway. Uh, because if it's in the Midwest at all, if it's in certain states, you know, he could get crushed here. And, um, you know, the problem is that, um, you know, there's, there's a built in pe- – people are just have made up their minds about him. And I, I, and I don't know – if there's enough to overcome that, I, I mean, I wanna say he's going to lose again. He's w- running against extremely weak opponent. And and by the way, an opponent whose base is completely insane. I mean, if you listen to base democratic voters, what they want to do, yeah. I mean, it is further to the left than anything president Obama wanted to do. I mean, they are talking about a radical reorganization, reorientation of the economy, uh, and maybe even government because they want to get rid of the electoral college. I mean, just look at the stuff they talk about. You know, you know, the 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 left attacks Trump for wanting to cut taxes and you know some of the other stuff he's done, which is pretty um, standard um, economic right. You know, conservative economic theory. I mean, it, rate cutting taxes is is just is a standard on the right as raising them on the on the upper brackets is on the left. It's it's not out of the. It just it just is what it is. It's not. Out of the mainstream, what the Democrats, the base wants, is a real radical redistribution of wealth and um, and a changing of our economy that goes way beyond Obamacare. Remember, Obamacare was bad, but it, it was essentially an insurance mandate. <laughs> we have done stuff like that. You insurance companies have to do this and that and this and that. Government is is going to you know find you if you don't, and everybody gets insurance they're going way beyond that forgiveness of loans you know free college it's all and it'll be interesting to see how that makes what makes the platform so remember joe biden is a traditional democrat his entire liberal democrat his entire career but his base is untraditional and often the base dictates the platform at the convention and what you run on again i have plenty of sources that are democrats you know high level talk to biden almost every other day they're raising money for him who <laughs> tell me that he has no, he wants nothing to do with aoc alexandra um ocasio-cortez yeah, the sort of uh the firebrand new york congresswoman that's a leading the left uh is a is a acolyte of bernie sanders the, the socialist um they they tell me that but i don't know how you avoid it when when you um when when they're that powerful and he has to kiss up to them to keep them in the in the in the fold that much because they can bolt you know that then, then he then he loses his base uh the other thing you have to realize and I, i'll tell you this will be interesting if if we even if if we if we get out of this pandemic and we start opening up and the economy starts to improve somewhat as we get close to the election if it looks like trump is is locked in at his at with his base 38 percent and biden's going to win or if it looks like biden is ahead is, is in the polls just enough that it, it, it looks like he's going to win does the market sell off um the markets are going to have to price in even if biden does not embrace the worst of bernie sanders and elizabeth warren and or excuse me and aoc elizabeth warren is less radical than bernie sanders let's face it but he's going to have he's going to raise taxes he's going to impose a 35% corporate tax rate, take it up, you know, remember they cut it from 35 to whatever it is now, 22. So I can't remember the exact numbers that just that will have him, will have to be priced in the markets. Corporations are going to have to pay more taxes. That's going to have an impact on, on, um, on corporate earnings.
0: And, you know, you could see a stock market that declines because of that. Hey, by the way, we're already seeing corporate earning pressure right now. I mean, we could take another dip, even if uh, Donald Trump looks like he's going to win.
1: Yeah, I I think if it looks like he's going to win, people will price in. <clears throat> people basically price in a, uh, you know, further tax cuts, things like that. I I just don't think that. I mean, we may have a, a deep recession. I get that. But remember, markets are forward looking. I I I think that if, but but if it looks like he's going to lose, watch out in the markets. Yeah, and yeah. I tell you, it's increasingly likely. At least according to Wall Street guys they think he's gonna lose now they've been wrong before they thought Hillary was gonna win they did not see what he did in, in those four battleground states how he out outran her you know out uh, that said the, the Democrats are just so you know I, I know enough of these Wall Street Democrats and know they are prepared to do to, for hand-to-hand combat in Michigan Pennsylvania Wisconsin and uh, what was the other one that he almost he, he won that he shouldn't have won. Pennsylvania, uh, right? Did I say that? Yeah, Michigan, yeah, Pennsylvania. Yeah, Pennsylvania. Said Pennsylvania uh,
0: yeah.
1: They're going to. They're going to. There's going to be hand to hand, brutal hand to hand combat. They know why they lost the last time. Uh, African American voters are going to be key to their to their um, to to their strategy. They believe that they under underperformed with African Americans the last time. Uh, this time, they believe they'll over they'll they'll do a lot better, and. Um, and so, you just remember, it's it's not going to be that easy to to. Um, he may be Sleepy Joe, but he's got a good plan going into this thing. Hillary ignored those states, by the way, those yeah. purple states yeah. that Trump picked up, and they're not going to do that right now.
0: But then you got a guy who can't really go out there and campaign. And then take a look. This, you know, he has a natural affinity to Afri- African American voters. But uh, there's also a connection growing and building. It's not massive, but it's growing and building with Donald Trump. He has made the case pretty effectively about what they, what his economic plan has done in the African-American community. I can, I've can i never seen a president have more African-American advocates that will go out and speak publicly for him, either directly, many of them, sometimes indirectly, like uh, Bob Johnson uh of uh, black entertainment network, you know, this is, this is a lot different dynamic that even Biden's had to deal with. Now, again, he's going to do well there. He has a natural affinity, but it's just a different, a different thing. When you go back to, I I think, I think
1: the problem, I think the problem is that I hate to say this, I, you know, who am I? I'm just some reporter, (laughs) but the the people I talk to African-Americans in the democratic party will tell you that Bob Johnson's following is not, it's, it's nothing compared to Jim Claiborne's following. It's yes. not even close. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, Trump... And by the way, and, and you know, for every, you know, sort of black personality that he's won over, like a Kanye West, he's, you know, just some of his rhetoric and his harshness um, has turned off others. And the other thing is, and, and this is like where it becomes, it wasn't his fault, so to speak, he's not going to have the economy to run on. You know, he they had... A, the Trumpkins had a very, very powerful economic message going into this thing. Uh, Economy's good. Black unemployment is is going down. Um, You know, wages for average Americans are going up. Uh, The Democratic Party is the party of socialism. It's hard to make all those things, those arguments now, including the socialism part, because we're embracing temporary socialism right now. You know, it just, it
0: is what it is. Yeah, you know, listen, um, you talked about the standard Republican Cut taxes thing, but the standard Republican success economically comes from something different. It comes partly from the taxes. It really comes from the regulations. No one talks about in the Reagan administration the effects of the Grace Report. You know, we cut the Federal Register by half uh, on the back end of the of the Grace Commission. I, that was probably that, and what Volcker did in the Fed were the key factors that allowed economic growth then. It's the same thing in the Trump administration. He's been so well-focused on trying to cut regulation. He hasn't gone all the way, but he's done some significant things. And he stopped some significant things from being promulgated, which really would have shut down the economy. Uh, So he has been really focused in some areas that are helpful. But I agree with you. It's going to be a challenge. And, And actually, I don't even think we know what the effect is yet of this downward economy. Will people... Tie it directly to Trump. Will they give him a pass on it and remember the good old days, so to speak? Just a few months ago, this is this is really up in the air, in my opinion. Still,
1: still. well, you know, the markets, Jim, are predicting a V shape uh, recovery. Now, a lot of people say that it's impossible; it's not going to happen. I, I will say this: um, the fact that he did um uh, deal with regulations the way he did, the, the fact that we have. I mean, there's a lot, there's less headwind in restarting this economy than it would be if Obama had to restart the economy. I mean, we have regulate, we have, we have, you know, we we don't have tight, we, we, you can frack wherever you want almost these days. You can, you know, the, all those, all those regulations that burden businesses, uh, in the past will not burden them as we come out of this. So maybe the administration, which I know they keep touting this is right that, um, it's, uh. It's, uh, you know, we're going to get a V. I I wonder, though, if the economy is not going to help him or hurt him that much. Um, It it takes away arguments from him, clearly. I just wonder if his demeanor is going to help him or hurt him. I mean, he he clearly, I mean, listen, we can go around and around on this. I see my Facebook and Twitter feed. I mean, he clearly did not take this as serious as he should have soon enough. He's not the only one, but he didn't, and he's the president. He's the guy with his... He's supposed to have the best information. He he said some outrageous things on the campaign trail. It's gonna be thrown in his face constantly. Uh you know that, that that remark about detergents is going to be a campaign ad that's gonna be shown every day for about a month. And um then and then it's gonna come down to and even if Joe Biden hides in his basement, it's gonna come down to do you trust this guy who, you know, may you know, may fumble his words, you know, can't get a sentence out because he's dyslexic or he stutters, or you're going to trust a guy that, that literally talked about shooting detergent. And it, it, there's a way of framing this where, you know, listen, we're you and I are swimming in politics all the time. You know, we kind of yeah. think about this. Most people aren't, okay? Uh, most people are, the last minute are going to make a decision. And here's the thing. I tell you about the 35% to- corporate tax rate. Some guy or woman in suburban You know, Detroit doesn't care about that that much. You know, they're worried about the kids' future, their future, who's running the country. Is he a nice guy? Is he crazy? And I think that's where Donald Trump could be really hit hard. He's he's temperament. He's irrationally rash and and way too much. I mean, everybody has their moments. His seem to be once a day sometimes. And I, I think... That is going to hurt him, and you know maybe not. Maybe the competition is so weak. I mean, Joe Biden being in his, and I think it's purpose. They're doing this purposely. Let Trump suck all the wind out. They think the more he speaks, the better ads they have. And they, I'm telling you that this is a concerted thing. Um, they think they're going to get a pretty smart woman as their as their um, running mate who can make a, an effective case. They think that. Either Klobuchar, who can fight, uh, Harris, who pretty tough customer and no dummy, uh, Kamal Harris, or the woman from uh, Nevada. This is her name I keep hearing now yeah, more. I yeah, forget yeah, Catherine yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Cortez Mosco or yeah, moscow yeah, yeah, Cortez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, she that they can make they can effectively make the case for him as well. They're good making. They're good. They're good so, prosecutors.
0: So, so i thought about this because actually, in effect. It's almost exactly the McCain-Palin thing that they're they're hoping can help them. And I would I would submit that Sarah Palin certainly fired up the base, so to speak, at least early on. Of course, they started pushing her off to the side a little bit. But still, she was out there. She was saying her deal. It just didn't bring McCain over the top. I think there are a lot of correlations. Well, I mean, you had a
1: financial crisis, too. Um, and he made some really monumental mistakes let's face it i mean he
0: he, well when he got off the trail after the
1: yeah he said let's let's take a break from the campaign obama came out definitely and said no let's try to figure this out um i I remember that whole thing because i was covering the financial crisis at CNBC at the time and you know some of this was moving the markets uh palin happened to be a particularly bad candidate um someone who you know really had a very parochial um uh worldview so you know you she think Kamala she, she, Harris does <laughs> no, no, Kamala Harris is more worldly i no, no, I'm no, telling no, you no, I mean Kamala I Harris knows where knows where Russia is on the map uh you know <laughs> I mean, I'm telling yeah. you you know they, you know Palin's Palin's worldview was Alaska and that town she grew up in and a few and and and, and you know she had some good political instincts but she could have used another four years of prepping um, Kamala Harris is there already, whether you like her or not, you know, that's a whole story. Is it whether, I mean, she's very California
0: and you know, very liberal. Um, but well, that I, I find that to be a still very much the same kind of parochial problem. And and she is the likely vice presidential pick. Let's just be honest. She's not
1: going to sound incompetent. And I think the problem with Palin is I said she is incompetent, incompetent. She came across incompetent. She couldn't, you know, she, she, she's not very well read. I mean, just all the things that, you know, you can you can attack. She she she, she was easily attacked on. Uh, listen, she gave a great when she gave the, the speech during the convention. I thought that was like that was great. I was crying. I was like, we're going to we're going to win this. Uh, yeah. She was sticking it to Obama in every, in every way possible. Right after that, you know, she gave she was asked one sort of pretty innocuous question by Katie Couric. And she failed. I mean, you know, you can't. You cannot know, you can't not be prepared for stuff that she wasn't prepared for. And part of it was she was, she, she, she didn't, she wasn't around enough. You know, again, Wasilla, governor of Alaska. You know, listen, if you're a senator, okay, which Kamala Harris is, um, you, you are, you're getting briefings every day by really smart people on all sorts of stuff. Um, you're you, When you're the governor of Alaska, well, you care about oil prices, okay, I get it. But when you're the when you're an, a, a senator from California, one of the biggest states, the biggest state in the country, uh, you are getting briefings on everything from the economy to health policy to national security. You know, I'm leaving. it It's everything. It's everything. And you're getting briefings from really smart people that in of itself is going to prepare her better for the job. Then make her light years ahead of Sarah Palin, and and so I think she's going to be prepared from that. I mean, you just might not like her politics. I mean, she might be too left wing, too strident. I mean, I don't know. I, you know, I thought I thought she she took some real cheap shots at uh at uh, at Biden during the uh, during the um, debates. Uh, that's probably why a lot of people in the Biden campaign believe that it's going to be um, it's going to be Klobuchar or Val Demings of Michigan. You know, you get a midwestern woman, it helps solid solidify i mean i mean um they're gonna win the dems are gonna win california we're not gonna worry about that they don't have yeah. to worry about that yeah. it's michigan it's it's you know minnesota almost went republican the last time you know it's it and klobuchar g- gives them that and then the question is who's more um who's better if they have to step in i mean that's going to be an issue for biden too is he going to last four years i mean so, that's going to come up
0: so, yeah so let me throw this out at you. Um... There's no doubt that being on Capitol Hill, I spent there eight years hearing all these same kind of uh, briefings that that these uh, members of Congress get. Um, You know, I, it's helpful. It's going to take the person. I, so let me put this. I I even think you could see him make something as stupid an idea of Gretchen Whitmer. I mean, just to try to take Michigan. And uh, who knows what's going to happen there, but it's. It's going to be a crazy race. Let's put it that way. I mean, Joe Biden uh, feels not ready for primetime. He might show up suddenly. So we'll we'll see what happens. You know, the only thing I would
1: say about that, about him not being ready for primetime, is the, um, you know, he, uh, everybody said his best day would be his first day on the campaign trail. Never would win that. And then he won. Uh, There is a, there is a, a, a there's a degree of, uh, you know, he's a tougher guy than people realize, and uh, sure, and if you know him, sure. he, and he does a lot better one on one than he than he you know he he, he has a stutter, so he, he he sounds he sounds you know flummoxed at times. Uh, and then, by the way, that may hurt, hurt him during during uh, during debates. I mean, I don't know. Um, you know, Donald wasn't the greatest debater either. He was just a junkyard dog. So you know, who knows if this devolves into a screaming match between the two? Who wins? Um, you know, but but remember, he's been underestimated his entire um, this entire race. I mean, he was not supposed to win. First day was his best day. I heard it again, and yet he's here. And um, you know, I remember when there was when he lost Iowa. Um, everybody was saying it's over for him. And you know, one of his advisors called me because he saw something I tweeted out. The guys on Wall Street, one of his top guys, and he said, "Listen, here's how we're going to win." And he laid it out. And he says, "And we and we match up really well against Donald. And here's what we're going to do with him. And so far, that guy's been right. So yeah. you know, I, I mean, he's you know, he he's not campaigning. Remember, Hillary was out there campaigning this time. He's not out. He's not campaigning, and he's and he's running a. He's I mean, just according to the polls, he's doing fine.
0: Hey, so let me shift gears here because uh, part of what's going to be laying out in the next few months is what's going to be happening in the markets. And you talked about potential reactions. But a broader or more specific question in my mind is you've been doing financial reporting all the way through the shift to greater and greater increase in computer trading. Are we in a place right now where the standard ways to look at the stock market, you might as well just throw them away because these computers are making all the AI decisions, so to speak?
1: No, I, I don't. I, they, they're making AI decisions based on pretty standard ways. They just do it faster, more efficient, and in more volume. So that's why you see the, the, the sort of swings. But you know, computers aren't saying that. Oh, just because they're not—they're not saying buy a stock because you know that's underperforming. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to figure out those stocks that are that will overperform in this environment, and then they rapidly make that bet. And remember, even before computers. Daily moves in the stock markets were very imperfect. The, you know, the the random walk down Wall Street was random. Um, you know, that was the prevailing the- you know um, market theory um, at the time, and, and you know for for a year, I mean, it still is that it's in, it's imperfect in the short term, but it it shows you a gradual perfection of where where GDP and corporate earnings are going. And I think what you have with this is that. The random walk is more pronounced because of the efficiency of a computer as opposed to a human being, and the, and the volume that can be traded at any at any given time. So those bets on the market become much more fluid. Now, right now, the bets are showing that we're coming, we're going to come out of this. That could change, obviously. Who knows? But I mean, that's what they're showing right now. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of smart people that don't computer trade you know that you know make make calls and then call the computer to trade guys like Warren Buffett are are, are if you notice, know, they're sitting on a lot of cash right now because they don't think this is going to last it's interesting Buffett in the you know during 2008 you know was basically raking people over the coals he was you know buying Goldman Sachs at a huge dividend he, I think he bought a convert out of them he gave you know gave them a lot of money and they paid up for it he took it he made big bets i think Bank of America he was also in so remember in 2008 he was buying uh he's not buying now and that tells you something he's really worried that no amount of fed easing can really or even fiscal stimulus can get us out of this i don't know if that's true or not i'm sure he's been wrong in the past but that's uh you know and and one thing that i also what's scary about this market and it it, it, and you know i was talking to uh say a very senior wall street guy yesterday like a number two like he is the number two at a bank and we were talking and he asked me about the markets and he said i said i asked him and he he said you know what scares him is he can't even go into munis uh right now and, and, that, and that's my opinion i yeah. i got out oh, of, yeah. I, was oh, big yeah. into, I don't own individual bonds but i own i own a lot of mutual funds and munis i right. i got out of it because in the past you know with all this easing you would think munis would be fine I just don't know who's going to be you know, traveling, who's going to be – remember, municipal bonds often – I mean, the New York City and the New York State MTA is a huge bond issuer. Yeah. Who's going to be riding the subway? That, that pays for those bonds. Uh, Illinois has got – a. I mean, listen, years of fiscal mismanagement, obvious bad stuff that went on there. Uh, but now it's coming home to roost, so to speak. So, And all these municipal budgets are going to have huge holes in them, and they're going to have to – they're gonna to have to figure out do they pay their pen, do they make their pension obligations or do they or do they shaft bondholders? And you know there may be a combination of both shafting both and it's just I, I, you can't really go into muni's right now. So what do you do in a, in a market like that? Well then you buy stocks until corporate earnings come in and you realize that every major business has haircut corporate earnings by X amount and then and then the markets fall. And see, that's that's the doomsday scenario, if we don't get a V shape. Now, if we do get a V shape, and I'm not saying it's impossible, I'm just saying it's it's an if. And you know, Trump and Larry Kudlow, my good friend, thinks think we are. Um, you know, that then you know this market may be where it is. It should be. You know, we muddle. You know, we muddle around at the Dow 25,000, which is not bad. You know, we were as yeah. high as 30, yeah. but still, that's not Armageddon. And the economy repairs itself and, you know, slowly people get back to work. That that would be the best thing I think that could happen. But, you know, I could see it going a lot of different directions. And there's no safe haven for money now except for, you know, cash.
0: Well, I'll, I'll give you a little anecdotal information. I live here in Woodland Park, Colorado. People from Colorado Springs regularly, they, I'm on a major road that goes up into the mountains if people are going to recreate. So the weekends, this road that goes right through the middle of town is like crunched under normal circumstances. It's been dead for weeks the last two weekends. I can't even turn out of our little shop that we have right in downtown that my wife and I have in downtown Woodland Park because the traffic is going crazy. Now, that's anecdotal, but I think the V-shape is a possibility. But I will say this. Another thing that concerns me is when you're racking up so much debt and people are taking money and investing it in these treasury bonds to pay for a $2.3 trillion bill. I mean, if it were a few hundred billion, you know, that's not a lot of money out of the market. Suddenly, you got this $2.3 trillion, You got another multiple trillion that they're talking about doing. Um, suddenly, there's not as much money to invest, it seems to me, here. And, and then the Fed, that, you got to pay the piper for that at some time. I think Warren Buffett might be thinking down the line for that, too.
1: Well, Bernie Sanders and the left has been uh, advocating something called the modern monetary theory, where you know it doesn't matter; the Fed will just buy the the, the stuff. You know, we're just recirculating our own money. Uh, it used to be a leftist sort of um, theory. Now it's been now it's obvious that you know the Trump people are are mm-hmm. advocating that as well right now. Um, to you know, not calling it that, but it's it's right. almost the same practice. Um, I got I have to jump but I just so let's let me just make this point and maybe ask me one more question yeah. Um, yeah. the um, I don't know how this is. we've been fretting about deficits forever and it's the Piper hasn't been paid <laughs> yet so I, I, I don't know I just don't know how it's, um, you know, how this is going to shake up, shake out. You know, will it really matter in the long run? Is the U.S. economy so dynamic and so big when you take the shackles off it, does it grow? Can we repay this, you know, as we grow? I mean, that's the whole, that was the whole theory advocated by Kudlow and Mick Mulvaney and and the rest of them when this, when the Trump administration began and and Mnuchin as well. And so there's two ways of looking at it. Or do we, or will, will there be a reckoning where people say, well this is this country is not with his mean no it's not living within its means we don't think we're gonna ever get repaid these this debt and we're backing off by the way that's what led to the 1970s uh, New York City fiscal crisis the banks literally stopped paying stopped buying New York's debt because New York's budget was in such disarray that no one thought they'd get repaid if they did if they if they didn't stop and, and put the hammer to New York City and make New York City uh, you know basically restructure its entire fine its entire balance sheet. That could happen here. It ain't happening yet. Remember, in, in, as screwed up as we are, everybody else is more screwed up. So when you're the tallest midget in a room, you know, people buy your debt still because it's a safer haven, you know.
0: But when you get a 100% GDP to debt ratio, which we haven't had since World War II, that's, that becomes a big issue. In my house, if I have 100% debt, you know, that's tough
1: stuff. You know, I know. It's listen, it's scary. I I am just saying that I don't know if it matters right now.
0: Yeah. It well, it's going to matter sometime. I'm just curious. Cap it off, uh where are we going from here? Uh financially are we going to use, so be on that particular thing? Are we going to get back to normal? Is it even possible? That's what I'll leave you with.
1: Um I think a lot of it has to do with do we find a vaccine for the coronavirus? Um do we make pandemics part you know planning for pandemics i think that this is one of the good things that are coming out of this planning for this sort of you know emergency is going to be like key to you know i'm sure that'll be an issue for the presidential race uh my brother's an emergency is is an icu specialist critical care specialist runs the icu at brooklyn hospital um he will tell you that 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 despite what is being said on cable tv there's really not a great treatment for this this disease um hydroxychloroquine has been bandied about he shot it up in a lot of people he can't tell if it's the vitamin c that he puts in in those cock in those cocktails he shoots people up with or the hydroxychloroquine that's that's doing that's helping people And people do get better from from coronavirus, just so you know, or if it's just because they're getting better, Uh, you know, that said, you know, we're going to, we're probably going to like change the way we live going forward until a vaccine or cure is found and maybe a treatment. Um, You know, the, the kind of scary thing is AZT for AIDS came on the scene around 88, 89. The cocktails that have basically turned AIDS from a deadly disease to something that's that's very manageable, did not come until 94, 95. Uh, uh, now, you know, that's six years. I don't, you know, me- medicine has made tremendous advances right now on everything from cancer. I mean, you'd be, you'd be surprised at people that are surviving certain types of t- cancers that have killed you in the past uh, because of these advances. So I, I kind of think we're going to have a treatment for this. And so does my brother. You know, it's good, something's going to come. And, uh, and this will be a manageable thing going forward. And we're going to have to prepare for the next one. And it was. Uh, and but I, I think the, the thing for the economy is this: you know, there's a ton of a ton of fiscal and uh, monetary stimulus pumped in. The Trump administration has not increased regulations. Maybe that maybe that combination gets us out of this faster that anybody realizes we have a v-shape and if we do have a v-shape you know i don't know if it matters that much if uh trump is advocating shooting up lysol i mean (laughs) yeah i agree yeah people getting back to work uh you know people people say wow why change horses now i mean that's kind of i think where we are and it's 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 unknowns We're, we're it's gonna be an interesting five or six months
0: yeah. The reason they always called them kitchen table issues in politics is because honestly, it's just what we feel where we're at. It's not some as voters, it's not so much what all the prognosticators say. And, and he actually does that aspect of it very well. I think even a little bit better. Yes, he
1: does. he does. He does. He can frame that issue. And I, I think if he does have, if the economy makes a decent comeback, it doesn't even have to be a V, it doesn't have to like come roaring back, Right. a decent right. comeback. It's, going to be you know he's he's got then he's got some wind at at his back the although that's a big if you know and then if they don't come down to personalities is biden awake enough to counter trump's rash irrational rashness and that that will be something that the voters will, will decide if 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 this if we come out of this you know limping you know economically <laughs>
0: Well, Charlie Gasparino, appreciate your friendship and your expertise. Thanks for uh, taking some time to do this, and uh, uh, anytime we'll, we'll catch up again soon. Thanks, my friend.
1: We'll do it again. Thanks, Jim.
0: Thank you for joining us today on the Against Nice podcast. And again, before you leave us, I just want to ask you: connect with us on our email list and our social media. Go to politics not nice dot com. Click on the join our email list button. We'll get you information related to what we learned here today, but also um, other information that we're finding out along the way. It'll be a great resource for you. You can also go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash against nice and our Twitter page at against nice. Go check us out there and we look forward to talking to you, getting your feedback, finding out more from you. Thanks. Have a great day.